Check, 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 check. One, two, one, two. Yeah, this sounds good, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll do radio tonight. <laughs> yeah, this is this is crispy. I, like I used it. to love radio back in the day, man. It was good. You put your feet up on here and just do a ball hey, just game. Say whatever. Yeah, right? exactly. Just keep talking. Oh. I got to do my warm up. You know. There's okay? there's a beer man <laughs> over there. I wish I could have one. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? We back. That's right. Another week, R2C2. Keeping it going, man. Yeah. Keeping it going. I was wondering. We're, we were a little under the gun this week, but we still figuring it out, yeah. man. Well, yeah, it's locked in. Uh, it was good that you were here. Yeah, exactly. In <laughs> Chicago. Where now you you kind of you're getting a tour of uh, all the different broadcast booths yeah. for your you know future employment. <laughs> That's it. And and back by popular demand, we have volume two of Ken Singleton. Yeah. You, you know because last time Ken we had such a good time and the episode was so well received and at the end we were all like, uh-huh. man, we need a we little need more. Some more. Right. Yeah. Like, we need well, a little more time. Well, we, we brought it back to the United States. We were in Toronto last time. So, <laughs> so we were well-received in Canada, and now... Uh, <laughs> we, we took our passports, uh-huh. and we were able to make it happen. Yeah, well, if we need a passport coming to Chicago, then we're in trouble. We're but, in trouble. Uh, That's true. Yeah. That's true. And we get to record right after... CC turn yeah. back the clock to strikeout form last <laughs> night, man. 12 Ks, look man, at you. Just trying to be aggressive, it, Career man. high is 14. Do you remember that game? No. Against Cincinnati? No. I, I, uh, think so. I think it was against Tampa in 2012, uh, maybe? Oh, yeah. I do remember that game. That was uh, right before the All-Star break. Okay. That was one of my best starts. It was a one nothing game. James Shield tried to pick off, I think, Guardy at third base, like with like a pickoff like that, and we won the game one to nothing. I threw a complete game. Really? I'm pretty sure that has that had to be the game. All that right. Had to be the game. Got you. Did you feel like did you did you feel like, oh I know I got like, I have good stuff last night? Last night, yeah. No, I just I just felt like I was I mean, I felt pretty good in the bullpen, but I just felt like I was gonna try to be aggressive and I know these guys are young and, and, and swing the bat, so I didn't wanna have too many walks. I ended up still ended up with three, but um, I was just trying to be aggressive, and they were just swinging and missing. Are there days, see, I mean, you've pitched many games at big leagues, all these starts you've had over the years. Where you come out of the bullpen, you figure, I don't have it tonight, and then you just kind of surprise yourself. When the game starts, you just have it. It's days sometimes because, you know, like the, the, the bullpen guys come out and stand out there before you walk in, before you come in and stuff, so, and I'm slopping five with those guys, and I tell, like, Chad Green or somebody, I'm like, you better be ready early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the games that, like, I go out, I get a couple pop-ups early in the first inning, and uh-huh. and then the next thing you know, it's the fifth, sixth inning, and you know what I'm saying? So uh, you just never know. <laughs> so it really doesn't translate then, like no. how you feel in the pen to it, how you it, feel on the mound? It really doesn't, and I think that's just something that, like, pitchers need to realize. You know what I mean? I think as you get older, you, you, you realize that you can't take whatever you do in the ball. Just get, use that to get uh-huh. loose. Just get loose and get ready, and, and then you see what you have when you get when you get hitters in the box. There are days when you have a bad batting practice. You feel like, oh, man, I'm not going to do anything tonight. And all of a sudden, you bat the seventh inning. Oh, I'm three for three. I'm coming up with one more. <laughs> I got a chance for one more. Yeah. I always think that with BP because I, I feel like, you know, we just take it for granted. But my experience is obviously totally different and infinitely more amateur. But I remember when I used to get ready for games in, like, high school, if I hit well in BP, I was like, ooh, uh-huh. all right. And if I didn't, I was like, ooh, oh, no. So I always wonder that, like, on the big league level, do you feel that way where if you're like, oh, I had a good BP today? Like, do you evaluate your batting practice? Well, you know, you, you do. You know, you, you see how you're hitting the ball, how you're making contact. But a lot of it has to do with who's pitching against you that night. Yeah. There, there, are, there are times where – 
There's certain pitchers that always give you a hard time, no matter what. But there's other guys, they know they have nothing for you. They, yeah. they, have, they can't get you out. They know it. And uh, no matter how hard they try, they're very careful. If, they don't, if you don't get a hit, they're going to walk it. So that's the way it usually worked out. What about, like, both sides of the plate? It just didn't – it did I mean, uh, you, you kept the same routine no matter what? Or? I used the same bat from both sides of the plate. I uh, but basically like BP, hit the same way. Yeah. Uh, but on BP, if I'm facing a, a right-hander, I'm going to take most of my swings left-handed during okay. BP. But I'm going to make sure I take a, at least one round right-handed. Okay. Because, you know, the first thing they, they want to do is they want to flip us over mm-hmm. uh, during the course of a game. Uh, of course, I, I told you before, as we mentioned before in the first uh, podcast, that Eddie Murray batted behind me. So there's two switch hitters in a row. Right. So it, we put a lot of opposing managers in a bind. Yeah. They, it was hard for them to make moves when we were coming up in an inning. I always wonder, like, because as a switch hitter, do you ever feel like, oh, you know, like one side is so much more locked in than the other side that – I, I, I feel so much better. But you, Kenny, you've told me before, like, you basically felt generally this, you yeah. would feel pretty much the same on each side. Yeah, I, I think over the course of my career, I played 15 years, that uh, my batting average was higher left-handed. And that's primarily because you face many more right-handed pitchers. But the power was about the same because uh, you face about, you get about uh, two and a half more times at bats left-handed than you do right-handed. So the ratio of home runs to those at-bats was about the same. So uh, it didn't matter. I still had power right-handed. Uh, the best I ever saw, of course, was Eddie. I mean, he, you know, he, they flipped him during the game. It didn't matter. You know? <laughs> Sometimes they flipped me over, and I said, man, I, I, haven't, I haven't batted right-handed in four days. You know, what's going to happen here? I was just trying to get a walk, get on base for him. So. And with Eddie Murray, you, like, is he the, was he the kind of talent, Ken, that you uh-huh. watched? The first time you saw him, you're like, oh, whoa, that guy is good. Uh, I don't know if I told this story the first time. The first time I ever saw Eddie Murray was in spring training, and I was standing in the outfield with Lee May and Pat Kelly. And we're out in left field shagging fly balls, and Eddie's group comes up to hit. And uh, we're watching this. Who's this kid? Uh, what, his name's Murray. Is that his first name or his last name? No, 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 no. But we're watching him. He's batting left hand. He's hitting balls well over the fence down in Miami at uh, in just, you know, several shots, four or five in a row. I was like, man, this kid's got some power. So the next time he comes up, he's, he's hitting right-handed. He's always oh, a switch hitter. <laughs> now he's hitting stuff over our head and left him going over the wall. So then we said, man, this, this kid's got something. And then we began to think, uh, where, where, what position does he play? Where, where, where does he play? I don't know where he plays. Let's see where he goes after he takes batting practice. Now, Lee May is the first baseman. He's standing out there in the outfield with me, and so Eddie finishes hitting, and then he goes, takes ground ball to first base, and Pat Kelly turns to Lee May and says, Mo, you're in big trouble. Man. <laughs> uh, Eddie was not supposed to make the team out of spring training. Uh, but Earl Weaver told the general manager, Hank Peters, he said, if he's not on the team, I'm not going to manage the team. Wow. So Earl had a lot. Yeah, you know, he's a hall of, on his way to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of sway. Eddie made the team, rookie of the year, and he was on his way to the Hall of Fame himself. That's so, such a great story. That is. That's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like in today's game, I don't know if any manager would get away with giving that kind of ultimatum <laughs> to a GM. Yeah, not, not an ultimatum. Right? Not like that. But I guess you know the talent, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you right, see right, it, I mean, right. I guess he saw it. I mean, a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame player, like. That I mean, that's that's just speaks for itself. Well, I remember last year. I mean, I don't I, I don't know what the front office's feeling on it was, but I know that 
Larry and Joe apparently were fighting hard for Montgomery because it, it didn't uh-huh. make sense necessarily uh-huh. roster-wise with the way the 40-man was at the time for him to make the team out of spring training. But they were like, look, we've been watching this guy. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he needs to be on the roster. And obviously that one paid off because yeah. he had an outstanding so, rookie season. A lot of time, that, that I mean, that, that's how it ha- happened for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 20 years old in spring training and uh, the the – year before in January we always went to Cleveland to work out everybody all the prospects and all the young players and I was throwing a bullpen and and Charlie Manuel said if you have a good spring training you come in ready to go this is during the winter this is during the winter in January he Uh said if you come in spring training you're ready to go you have a good spring I'm keeping you you're gonna make the team wow and he kept his promise Uh And, and you know I had that stuck in my head that I was gonna make the team so if they would have sent me to AAA, it would have devastated yeah. me. <laughs> it would have killed me, man. Did you ever go back down after I never went down. I never yeah, pitched AAA. Either. Neither no. did I. But one more thing about the Eddie Murray thing and Lee May. Uh, Lee May mentored him. Uh, he took care of Eddie Murray. Uh, he knew that this kid eventually was going to take his job. The first year, Earl didn't want to put pressure on Eddie, so he made him the DH, and Lee May continued at first base. But the next year, he flipped him. It was Lee May became the DH. Eddie took the job at first. Uh, one thing Lee told Eddie in spring training, once he knew he was going to make the team, he said, look, kid, he says, remember, rookies are seen and not heard. <laughs> so about a month into the season, Earl Weaver goes to Lee, he says to Lee May, he says, hey, Lee, does this kid ever talk? <laughs> and Lee said, it's bat talking, ain't it? <laughs> and Earl said, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and he does just let it go. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I could see that with rookies. You know, I wonder, right, because if, you, if, if you're if you a veteran on the team, obviously you just want the team to be as good as possible, right? But then there's probably also a part of you as you're looking at some young guys yeah. saying, like, yeah, but okay, where does he play, or where does yeah. this guy play, right? Like, because I want to be better, but I also want to keep my spot. For sure, for sure. And, and well, then you balance you, you, if you, you can mentor him or not. You see the young outfielders come to spring training every year, and it, you know, I'd look at him and I'd say, "Come on, yeah, go out and do the drills," but it's not going to be your year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the, the, the vets are getting paid. You know, they're not going to get rid of us. You're going to have to we, wait a little. We bit already longer. had a good team. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to wait just a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Cece, you think we can come up with a montage of um, you walking off the mound this year and 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 try and have a lip reader? <laughs> 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 what you're saying? Yeah, man. that's that's just. I mean, I, I just I told Birdie last night. It's like uncontrollable. It just comes <laughs> yeah. out, man. I just say whatever. He's See, a competitor. That's what it is. I love it. Yeah. I hate not finishing innings, man. Uh-huh. I hate it. I hate walking off the mound. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't even. Are you, I don't even know. Like, I don't. Are you yelling at anyone? Is it just like? Oh no, the, I'm just talking to myself. It's just most into of the, the time. ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking. <laughs> like, if someone was trying most to, of the time, people look at me like, "Who's he talking to?" But I'm just talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. out loud. <laughs> people, there always be like a random player or something that like. Because people know mine and C's association and friendship and stuff. They'll be like, so what does CC have against this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy? I'm like, I don't think he gives a shit about any of those guys. <laughs> no, I, don't. I think he's just talking. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, oh. it's just competition. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because on TV, too, you're able to capture it. So then we can send it around the group text. And have fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? I, sometimes I'm trying to decipher. Like, I'm, I'm trying to lip read and see, like, okay, what was he saying? And then you realize <laughs> it's just a bunch of words. Nah, it's, not, it's just random shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the games not, are on TV when I was playing, too. But, uh, you know, the camera work, there were no John Moores, our, our esteemed director. He's the best like director. That, right? He's the yeah. best. Yeah. And, of course, there was no HD back in those days either. So, they, <laughs> you know, he couldn't really focus on what you were saying. But, you know, after a pitcher hit me and I kind of thought it was on purpose, I go down first base, I start yelling at him. I, you know, I just 
over the first baseman, you know, Carew or somebody's laughing. And I, I, I'm saying, I'm going to get you. You know, one day I'm going to tack an L on you. And, you know, just and, and yelling out loud. Maybe second baseman can hear it. And, and they go, he said, man, you, you ticked off. I said, yeah, I'm pissed off. The guy just drilled me in the ribs. For no reason. <laughs> See, I love that. I feel like you would be an intimidating dude when you're yeah, Matthew. Sure. Right? Like, sure. you don't want Kenny Matt. Uh, we got in a fight with the Red Sox once. And uh, it was in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. And the group, you know, the group is there. And Eckersley is right in front of me. You know, he's pitching for the Red Sox. He turns around and he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> and I said, Eck, I'm not going to hit you because I hit you too well. <laughs> so I, I said, can't you, have you, you're, you're good. I can't have you getting hurt. Yeah, I don't want nothing happening. <laughs> I, need, I need those hits. <laughs> I need you in that lineup. And he, he's the pitcher in the major league had the most hits ever against him. So oh, He was a starter awesome. early, right? He was a starter but and then he, he became a reliever. did he down here yeah, as a starter? He, it, that's why batting left-handed, you could see him well. Okay. You know, he, I, I felt that you could see him. I, I he had a funny start. We are playing in Cleveland. He's pitching for Cleveland. And uh, he was beating us one nothing, going to the eighth inning. Now, Jim Palmer was pitching for us. He needed to win this game and the next game to win 20. He only had one more start after wow. this. He is pleading for runs in the dugout. He's like, oh, give me some <laughs> I can imagine uh, him in the dugout. So, Eck is, is dealing. I mean, Eck is dealing. And we, we don't have any runs. Maybe we got two or three hits about the sixth inning or seventh inning. So, I come up, leading off the inning. And I hit a home run. So the game's tied now. So, heck, you know, he's on the mound. He's all ticked. Gave up a homer. Eddie Murray's up next. Eddie hit the next pitch to the same spot. <laughs> as soon as Eddie hit the ball, Eck took his hat off on the mound and waved at it. <laughs> so Palmer won that game, and he won the next game, and he, he won 20. He got the 20 he, wins. He got the 20 wins. So does he, like, buy you a watch uh, or something no, like that? No, not Jim Palmer, man. Jim, no, he, 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 won 20, <laughs> he won 28 years in a row. Oh, man. <laughs> eight years in a row, Eight man. years in a row he won 20. The first year I got there, uh, he had 25 complete games. Wow. 324 innings. Uh, he won the Cy Young. I think he won 23 games. And um, the first day we played was in Detroit. It was freezing. I think we got snowed out the day before opening day. He pitched a three-hit shutout. I think the Tigers might have hit one ball hard. He threw really hard, or was it control, or was it – because I've never seen him pitch. He had a, he had a, he had a high-riding fastball that was tough to get on top of. And he had a nice slow hook and a good slider. Okay. And he had excellent control. Uh, he had a classic windup, straight over the top. You know, just uh, and he's and a big dude too. Was, he's bigger than you think. Yeah, yeah. he's about six three, six four. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, he's one of those guys. All the ladies used to come out watching pitch on Sunday. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> he was selling underwear back in the day, selling jockey shorts. See, that's what I'm thinking. Are you guys making fun of him as he's doing underwear ads? Uh, you ragging him for that? Nah, he's winning games. That's what we, <laughs> that's, that's what we like. He, he was going to win. Is so. that the way it is? If he's winning games, you yeah. leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Dudes you could deal with a lot of dudes on your team if they help you win. <laughs> who, who's the dude? Like, For sure. Yeah. See, who's the guy who like who maybe someone doesn't know, and like they start to like poke fun at him or whatever, and then everyone's like, oh, oh no, like that's not the dude you want to rag on, like because because usually uh, usually in a comfortable setting, everybody can take a a little shit from yeah. people, right? Uh, no, I mean I haven't really played. Is there anyone who was like, oh no no, you don't you don't want to try that guy, yeah. like that's not the guy you like, want to uh, have fun with. Uh, Esevis, uh, oh. Ace. Oh, yeah, Alfredo? Yeah, you don't mess with him. Like we didn't, we didn't we didn't joke with him or none of that stuff. Like like he was the only person though, like because in, in baseball in the clubhouse we together all the time. So you gotta uh -huh. take shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like from whoever. So 
but Ace, not really, no. no, I, no. Could, I could see that. He was an intimidating he dude, was. man. He was. for everybody. Oh. <laughs> you, we kind of left Eddie alone. You know, and he, yeah. he was our meal ticket. You know? yeah. he, he, was, he was above criticism, even from Earl Weaver. Earl never yelled at him. No. He's the only guy he never yelled at. Did you ever see him yell at him once? At Eddie. I know he should have one day. Eddie tried to steal third with two outs in the ninth and got thrown out, and the game was over. Ooh. And, you know, I said, well, if he's going to yell at him, it's going to be tonight. And he didn't do it. So I, <laughs> and I'm thinking, he's got to be his favorite player of all time. I, you know, I, we started calling Eddie his son. You know? <laughs> Whenever Eddie got tossed out of a game, Earl would get tossed out too. We used to call it father-son ejection. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He was all Because Earl felt, him. Eddie's out of the game, we can't win. <laughs> now, you know, we use that in, in broadcasting. We use that phrase, or fans use that phrase, like, oh, protecting your players. you got to go protect your player. Is that a real thing where, like, you you appreciate as a player your manager either let's say you get tossed he comes out and uh, fights for you and gets tossed or you're just upset and he comes out and is that something that you do feel and appreciate? Uh, oh yeah, one thousand percent. You feel that as as a team. You know, yeah. even mm-hmm. even if uh, you know something happens and you know a guy gets thrown out or gets hit and everybody comes out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's you know that that's a uh, that's a team thing. It's and, a bonding. And thing. That's a bonding yeah. thing, yeah. and that's a, the, only the close teams you know, are really mad about certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I played – my manager has the American League record for getting tossed out of games. I mean, Earl got thrown out in 97 games. That is so <laughs> insane. 97. But, well, but that's, you know, that's a player's manager right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's coming out arguing for you every time. Yeah, every time. That's and he great. had this speech in spring training, see, where he would – every year, by the, by the eighth year I played for him, I knew it word for word. He says – I'm not the guy who's going to hit the three-run homer. I'm not the guy who's going to shut everybody up. But I want to keep you guys in the game. So let me do the argument. And he loved it. Umpires hated him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he first pitch of the game, if he thought it was a strike and they called it a ball, he'd start yelling right away. <laughs> <laughs> he got tossed out of 97 games. That's the American League record. Bobby Cox has the Major League record. But Earl said he should have been thrown out of 103 games because six times he got thrown out before the game started. And it didn't count. <laughs> it you know, taking matter. the lineups out, he got thrown out. So they didn't count. They didn't count for getting thrown out so of the game. So he would have had the century mark. He, well, he, he would have been over it. But so what the, is he getting thrown out for when taking a lineup for the night before? Uh, well, yeah, and certain umpires he really didn't like. And they didn't like him. So and it, it, just, it just any little thing. He would just go off. Yeah, you know, just see that's how I am too. Like the night, like if like t- like tonight, if we win and that umpire's walking off, I want to say some shit to him. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? Like you fucked that call up last yeah. night. Like <laughs> I'm still pissed. Like you know, right? Would have been a strike and, him out, throw him out, but, double and, play. But, but I, and I wondered, like, did he look at it? Like they don't like. Do, I don't. He don't care. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Game's like, over. Yeah, game's over. They yeah. don't care. Like that's that that cost me twenty extra pitches. Yeah. Like y- you know what? It did because instead of. Two out, nobody on. It's first and second, nobody out. Yeah, you so, got to work that much harder. It's true. Did you see uh, Didi's reaction at shortstop? Yeah. Hey, oh, what, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Didi's my like. He's my. Uh, He's my calmer out there. Like, he's always, like, just, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I turn around and look at him. He's like, here we go. Just relax. <laughs> like, I know that was a strike, but just chill out. Like, he's always the one that's trying to keep me calm out there. You know what's funny? On that one, so I initially, because if I'm calling the game, I you know, I can maybe glance at the monitor, but for the most part, I'm calling in front, and it's hard to tell necessarily if it's definitely a strike or ball, right? The replay. But based yeah. on your reaction, I'm like, 
Oh, and should I call timeout? Yeah, yeah. In the middle, I was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Timeout. Like, what the? like, wait, hold, hold up. I call timeout right in the middle of the play. Is like, something like, in your eye? What? <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, wait, no, no. That must have been a bad one based on your reaction. So then we show the replay, and we got, we got the K box. And that wasn't even on the line or the bottom oh, of it. Man. It was well above it. So now I'm thinking, like, I'm like, oh, okay, so so obviously it should have been. And uh-huh. Hikashioka made a great throw. It yeah, he did. It was perfect throw. Yeah, it would have been easy. Yeah. Strike him out, throw him and out. And Ingles play. a fast runner. Like, yeah. uh, you know, we were worried about him at first base and stuff. So, but, it, yeah, I mean, it turned out. It worked out. It worked out, it worked okay. Out. But uh, same thing. So I'm thinking, too, once you go in there they, and they see, because the, I don't know where the video room is here, but <clears> is it close enough that they can quick communicate? Oh, I yeah. mean, it's close. I mean, yeah. it's, it's in the clubhouse. Because I'm thinking, like, immediately, just based on the reaction, because you see it and everyone's like, where's that pitch? But then when you get the video confirmation, yeah, they but must be rotting. I thought I was wrong for right? a little bit because nobody, like, said anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't a strike. Yeah. <laughs> see, and then I came in and everybody stuff, was, We didn't have all that stuff. It was just your naked eye telling you, that right. was a damn strike. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder too. Like, did he get? Does he get messed up because Higashioka's coming up to throw? Like the umps. The umps I, I get always messed up worry on that about. Sometimes? I always worry about that about the strike zone when when the guys coming up. But most of the time they get it right. Yeah, uh-huh. they do. They do. Uh-huh. Who is that? Chad Fairchild. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I don't know any. Yeah, I, don't I know mentioned any, I don't outside know of that, I thought he had a pretty good game. He really did. Yeah, he, he did. Because yeah, yeah. nobody turned around, nobody said anything. No. So, he, so that's what you do. So, so that's how you couch it. Instead of waiting right after the game, you say, "Hey, Chad, you did a nice job last night." Except for where the hell did you think that pitch was? Man? Nah, I don't. I'm not. I'm, I don't have that. Uh that voice, that tone with the umpires. Uh-huh. It's going to come out very bad. Like, I, I, I can't even yeah. be nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it just starts going? Yeah, I can't. It's, it just pisses me off. You know, I, as a hitter, I knew they weren't going to get them all right. But I, with men on base, I'm thinking, if you get this wrong, you're taking money out of my pocket. You yeah, know, you know, I'm or... trying to send my kids to college. You, know, I, you better call it right. This is, this is where the game can turn, right here. And if it's not me, you better not do this to Eddie Murray because yeah, <laughs> you'll have Earl out here in a second. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you this story. You know I love telling my softball stories, see? So the other day. You were telling one on the way out here. I was. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously top of mind. So we're playing in game three of a three-game quarterfinal series the other day for playoffs for us. Three games and- in one day? Uh, no, we play a doubleheader one day and then, oh, and then a, a third game schedule. another day. Yeah, no, yeah. it's fun. It's fun. And so we're back. Remember the game I, we were on that field? I told you about the playoff game where I made all those errors in yeah. second because dirt infield all cut up. It was terrible. They loaded with lefties, just peppered them at me, whatever. It was a redemption game this time They're going around. for the weak link, weren't they? They were. <laughs> <laughs> they were. No, no. I, I was all glove, no stick. <laughs> hit it down ball to second base. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's, just hit it on the ground. Good things will happen. So we, it's uh, first it, I think it was my first at bat. And a playoff game, you know, so also I'm locked in. I'm excited. And the first pitch is, like, way up and into me. And the guy calls it a strike. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, that is not a fucking strike. <laughs> and I just say it, I say it like that, but just, like, not to him, but just out in the ether. So he comes, or he, he comes around and uh-huh. takes off his mask. He's like, hey, this is a playoff game, but you cursing me again. I'm going to throw you out. <laughs> And I go, oh, no, no, I wasn't cursing at you. I was just cursing into the universe. And he goes, okay, that's a good point. No, no, no. The warning is rescinded. And I said, okay, good, man. I got the, I got the warning rescinded just by being a little creative. Yeah. Did y'all win? We did. 
And I had a big hit late in that game. Of course, Siegel didn't get that one on camera to show you. <laughs> Where'd you bet in the lineup? Uh, I think I was seventh in that game. Uh-huh. Sometimes okay. I kind of fluctuate between between six and eight on that team. We bat 12, I think. Uh, 12 people? Yeah. 12 people? Because we bat pretty much everybody who's there. Well, maybe occasionally we'll hold it to 10 at a big game. But Are you all like in the to... field at one time? No. no? Okay. How many people in the field? 10. Oh. Ten. CC's gonna play on this team. Yeah, when he's no, done, but by I, the way. I, we not batting twelve people. Fuck that. Yeah, you're, 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 if you don't play defense, you ain't hitting. Nah. That's it. No, no, no EHs. You don't get up to the fifth no. inning. <laughs> no, no EHs no on this. Oh my gosh. He, but you know what's like? I could just see he's he's gonna bomb balls in this. I, league, I can't wait to play softball, man. Uh-huh. It's gonna be fun. Did you ever play? I played a lot in the playgrounds in New York when I was growing up. I played stickball a lot too. Um, I think that's one reason made me a good off-speed hitter. You know, hitting uh, softballs and keep my weight back, learning to keep your weight back. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of these kids, they, they don't play softball. You know, and just you flip it, you got to stay back. You know, mm-hmm. stay back and wait. But I feel like stickball is tough, man. I remember when I used to try and play stickball as a young kid. It's just Bruce so stick. small, man. Right. That's how you become a good hitter. I guess I mean, so. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. That's how, yeah. What was, they, the, what was the games you played as a kid, like baseball-wise? Strikeout. So it was just three, two people, and you play, and you play a game of strikeout. So it was just you know three, three strikes, and you out, and, and you flip, and that's how that's how that's, that was. We played on any door. We played at the church. We played everywhere. Like that's what we did. You just and, trying to and, strike and somebody if, out. Strike somebody out, and if they hit it, you catch it on the bounce, then they're out. Um, but yeah, that was that was. How many it. people is it? Three. You can play as many as you want. Oh, you can okay. have one person in the field. You can have. This uh, is in Vallejo, California. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, we were just watching a game the other day. There's a kid on the Texas Rangers. Yeah, the, Willie Calhoun. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. A, And they said Vallejo, and of course, right away, I thought of Cece. I yeah. was wondering if a Cece. I know knew his it. uncle and his dad. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I played with his uncle uh, when I was a kid and stuff. So it's gonna be exciting to see him. Uh, up here on Friday, we play him more Thursday. Yeah, yeah Thursday. Play yeah, nah, so. he's playing. He's playing left field now. I think so. Yeah, uh, he can hit. He can yeah, hit. I don't think he has a really a position, but he can rake, man. I think he so. came up because uh, Delano DeShields Jr. went on the disabled list. Okay, all right. But uh, when he mentions, I was watching the game. I try and scout these games because I knew we we're playing Texas. And they said Vallejo, California. So you know, so you played with his uncle or against I, him? I played with his uncle, and then his dad is a little older than me. So, you know, we have we know the same uh, group of people. So it's going to be fun yeah, to see him up in the big leagues. Story. That's awesome. Are you yeah. going to try and talk to him? Oh, you? yeah, I'm going to definitely try to see uh, him. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And have you ever met him before? Though? I've never met him. Right. I've never met oh, him. Oh, really? Yeah, no, That's we've never cool, met him. We've never met him. So it'll be, it'll be fun. But you're not pitching that series, no, though. Uh, I'll pitch Sunday. Oh, you might get to beat him for real. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of... Uh, of Vallejo, you got a huge name check shout out from J. Cole oh, mentioning yeah. Vallejo. That was huge, man. Whoa. Yeah. Was that, I mean, that's got to be, J. Cole's a big artist. I know, that man. was a big deal. Now, you've accomplished a lot of things in your career, but is that like one where it's like, I mean, and I know, I think Fat Joe, or, uh, or no, Actions maybe shouted you out before Action Bronson? Yeah, or, but maybe, but like, this is, like, that was like, this to, last, last night was huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that's fun. It's got to be like, See, no the, matter what, that's exciting. No, right? These guys are too yeah. new for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm Tupac and Biggie and Snoop and those guys. That's, that's, that's who those I are my guys, too, though. Yeah, yeah, that's, okay. that's the music I grew up yeah. on. But See, but now J. Cole. Cole's trying to win you over with yeah, a little no, I mean, shout out. Big fan of J. Cole, so that was that was dope, and that's Vallejo and you in the same line, right? He didn't was, say Vallejo; he, he just didn't? said me. He just said, "Yeah, no." Oh, oh, well, I don't know why I thought he said Vallejo too. No, but that's a that's that cool, dope, man. Yeah, that's cool. That was that's cool. what's like when you get shouted out in the rap, man. Uh-huh. I'm just like, come on, you make it, you, you made it, right? That, that, <laughs> that's you making it right there. And I know I see every day we come to the ballpark. 
Ken is locked into his music, man. Like he's, <laughs> it, it's funny too because like Ken is probably the nicest human being I've nah, ever worked with on any level. That. No, 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 don't you are. Start there. But, but you don't want to. You never played you against dist- me. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> agree. Yeah. But you do not want to. You don't want to mess with Ken when he's locked into his beats going to the ballpark. Yeah, well, right? Is that yeah. like that's like your routine thing? Like yeah, on the bus. You know, I've seen these cities how many times? Yeah. You you know, know. I love Chicago, but. You know, I just found out yesterday they changed the name of the Sears building. It was the Willis Tower. Willis Tower. Yeah. Oh, just, my, my kid asked me. I said the Sears Tower. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah Willis they Tower sold now. It. Willis yeah. Tower Even now. this, though. This was cellular, U.S. Sailor for the, for the longest. I know. Guaranteed Park. rate field. Yeah. Guaranteed rate park. I was <laughs> like, I put that shit in the Uber. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> GRF, bro. But, but yeah, yeah, I do so, listen to music. And yeah. now. You you're a big you're a big Tupac. Fan, uh, I, I listen to all kinds of music. It does you know those. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. All right. You know you know I'm driving around at home. Sometimes if there's not a ball game on, you know I listen to the Chill on uh, XM or I listen to the Joint on okay. FM. I love some reggae music. Yeah. <laughs> you're driving down the highway when I drive to Florida. When I leave Maryland in winter, let's go down to Florida. It's getting too cold up here. Yeah. So we go down to the Florida house and it. That'll keep you going for 16 hours. I mean, it's a 16-hour drive. I'll just listen to reggae all the way. I like, I, I like reggae day games. Day games uh, in the clubhouse. Uh-huh. Put some reggae music on or some Michael Jackson in the, in the morning. Ooh. Get yeah. the clubhouse going. That's yeah, a good, I'm, like, I'm still kind of angry that Bob Marley's not with us anymore. I, I mean, it, he's, he's got so many songs out there that are they're so great. I like Peter Tosh, too. You know, there's... Uh, you know, the Chronics, I like them. I mean, some great groups. The Chronics are good. Yeah. That's, I got a chance to go to Jamaica and went to Bob Marley House and toured the museum oh, and all that stuff. Oh, really? His house and stuff. It was great. It was awesome, man. I took the First kids. First of all, how many stuff. Marleys are there, man? He, he I had know. like 40 <laughs> kids. <laughs> and Ziggy's a huge. Oh, they're huge putting out, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is now, man. Yeah. I, remember I went to um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland uh, with Jabba. And we did a shoot with him uh-huh. in 2009, I think it was. And um, it was when Yankees on Demand just started. So I was with Pete and Brandon. Okay. And um, they took us to this back room, and they had one of Bob Marley's dreads there. What? Like, yeah. Whoa. They, they had one of his dreads, like, preserved in the back room. It was some trippy stuff. That, that, yeah, that's a little. Yeah, yeah that's a little much, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. To see because that, he shaved his head at the end, right? Uh-huh. When, when, right before he passed away. I, I think, think he, so. Uh-huh. He cut his hair. Yeah, because well, for a cancer, while he right? wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He had cancer. Yeah, so at the cancer. end, I think he went. He uh-huh. went, uh, and he, I think he shaved his head at the, at the very end. Well, wasn't it that he <laughs> wouldn't? He wouldn't get treatment when he had cancer. Was that something with uh, him? Maybe you know, I, I don't know, but uh, I think that was the case in the early stages. He just didn't want to do it. I yeah. think that's what happened, and it got worse. So. Yeah. And he, but I agree. Like it, you put on some like especially like a nice like pool day or beach day. You put on some Bob Marley. Yeah. Like well, this is the good, time man. of year for it. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, that is. Of, so I, I can't let myself get there though. Like I like uh, too chill. Be, yeah, I can't be at the pool and lay back, and I want to be on vacation. You know what <laughs> what I mean? Like I can't look at Instagram and see people on vacation. And I'm stuck in nah, in, in Chicago. Like uh, I mean, Chicago is a great city in the summertime. One of my favorites. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know. You're, but yeah, you're 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 thinking vacation. Much rather be on vacation. Do you ever think that, like, when you're you're going through a season and you know you're getting to the end of your career, like, man, like you haven't had a, a summer. Like, you haven't been able to go on a summer vacation ever. Oh, no. I, w- I would love to go, like, camping and, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I'm having too much fun doing this still. I and, know. And I can do it, you know. So, like, I, like, I, I do miss. I don't know what I'm missing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, but, but, I, but I don't want to miss this. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I, I want to try to do this as long as. 
it, as long as I can. It's funny you mention that because this might be my last game in Chicago tonight. Right? Oh, yeah. wow. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And Coming I played here my first game at Big Leagues at, at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. I broadcast my first game at Big Leagues at Wrigley. Wow. So uh, many years later, my first ever interview was Harry Carey. Oh, wow. Oh, he was fantastic. We're supposed to do a two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute interview. Couldn't get him off the mic. So <laughs> the producer in my ear says, keep him going. You know, we can chop it up later. We'll use it during the course of the whole season. He was fantastic. That's, some of the things he said, I, I still remember. He said, uh, you know, and I thought he was talking directly to me. He says, you know, players come and go. He says, but the game keeps going on. I said, it's a great day here in Chicago. Man, it's a little chilly, but it's open today. Place is going to be packed. You know, that. You know, he said, I spent 24 years with the Cardinals. I thought they'd give me a gold watch. They gave me a pink slip. He was fantastic. Oh, I love it. All right, so we took some questions. Uh, people were very excited about Volume 2. Really? You on R2C2. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're going to be a series regular now, Ken. You're so <laughs> well, you're running out of time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, we, we still may get you back for some portion next year. Yeah, they're, they're we're talking about it. We're talking, yeah, we're talking, talking about, about it. See, yeah. he's like the other day. He's like, yo, why are you pushing Kenny on saying on the bra? Uh, yeah. <laughs> then he's coming back. All right. Yeah. So we took some questions on uh, on Twitter. Um, and uh, Kalu Borden, 12, asks, who is your favorite artist and song for all three of us? Ooh. Well, since we're on the topic of music. It, you know, for me, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. You know, I, I went to an Andrea Bocelli concert in Tampa this winter, and uh, if you, you, I don't even know what he's really saying because it's Italian, <laughs> but he's great. I yeah, mean, what, a, what a voice, yeah. you know, just, uh, uh, it's it fantastic. And I get in the mood before football games in the winter. I'll sit and listen to classical music. I don't know why, but I like to listen to it. But when 1 o'clock comes on, man, here we go. <laughs> just no more, shut that stuff off. You know, I like... Uh, uh, the William Tell Overture by Rossini. Oh, mm. I mean that's you know that's you know that's the song that went with the Lone Ranger. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that always plays in my. I see Brett Gardner running out of triple that, or that comes to my mind. I can hear that song. You know, just <laughs> the Lone Ranger. I like it. Yeah. So that I, I, it just depends on what mood I'm in. I, I like all types of music. How about you, C? I'm the same way. I, you know, I could wake up and and put on you know R and B, and uh -huh. or I could put, wake up and put on. Tupac or something like that, you know what I mean. So it's it's a it's a wide range, but I'm a West Coast dude, so it's it's all <laughs> Tupac and, and Snoop, and it's an artist from my hometown named Mac Dre that I um that I grew up on. So that would be my favorite. Mm. Eminem is my favorite artist. My, yeah, we know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even I know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's been revealed. That's been revealed. Hey, he's one of the potential uh, guests for my wish list. He is. You still got to give is. me your. I got to give you the list. Yeah, man. yeah. Do I, you have an idea? Of what I do. You want? I okay. do. But, but let me give me. One more. All right, one more. Give me one, one more. Next, next week. episode. Next week, for sure. Next episode, you can reveal. By the way, we're extending the contest we've been doing to next week, too, for the mug and the uh, autograph cleat giveaway. Okay. So uh, I've had the example of how you go about doing that um, with taking a screenshot of you rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes and then tagging people you think you should, should listen to it. Um, so we have a bunch of entrants and a lot of good uh, potential contestants, but we'll keep it going one more week and then pick the winners. But, yeah, Eminem. I'm trying to think my Have you ever met song. him? I've never met him. Oh, you, you met him in Detroit, him? right? Yeah. He, he was met in Detroit. Jay-Z. Yeah, they, yeah, came, they, they came were both in the, the booth. Yeah, yeah. They, they were uh, 
That's when they were doing that tour. My son says Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. He's he's the greatest. You know what? I mean, he has had the most extended window of Uh success. I I think think he's he's number one. Yeah. Yeah, And he's just like, he is totally sort of, uh, I mean, he has redefined what a rap career can be. Oh, 1,000%. Like, mm-hmm. from the clothes to the, I mean, This everything. is what everybody the aspires to model, be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's wide open. This you is know what, what everybody wants to be. All rappers want to be him. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh-huh. All right, next question comes from Justin Diamond, who says, please ask Ken the Goat, so he loves you, greatest yeah. of all time, what the most memorable brawl he's been a part of on the field or Whoa. called in the booth? I'll ask you both this. Uh, the one between Baltimore and the Yankees when Benitez hit Tino in the back. And that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good one. Now that, that lasted for a while. That spilled over into the dugout. Oh, man, that, that's where it got dangerous. I thought somebody's going to get seriously hurt in that one. You know, just falling down the steps or something like that and getting trampled. Um, I mentioned the one that we had against Boston as a player. Um, I remember once somebody threw at me, and I, I went to the mound. Took care of business, <laughs> and the pitcher got traded to us the next week. <laughs> the next week, and you know, I, I didn't get I didn't get suspended. I got fined, and the reason I didn't get suspended was because he had a reputation of throwing at hitters. Okay, oh. and uh, his other t- his teammates didn't really help him. Because they're the ones who took that, the brunt of it. Yeah, because they get so, they're the ones who get drilled yeah. later. Mm-hmm. So. I knew our pitchers. I wasn't counting on our guys. I said, I got to do this myself because he threw at me twice and one at bat. You know, once, okay. Yeah. But, but twice, the second time, then he hit me. Yeah. Do, so you, I, do you say anything to him then when he gets uh, traded over to uh, your uh, team? Yeah, well, here's what happened. Okay. Yeah, I tried to avoid him at all costs. Um, whenever he came in the trainer's room and I was in there, I walked out. He, he knew how. He, he yeah. could see I wasn't yeah. happy with him being on the team. <laughs> so one day we're walking up the tunnel. He's coming one way, I'm coming the other. And. I couldn't avoid him then. He says, is this over? I said, it's never over. I said, <laughs> I said first, of all, first of all, I don't think you're that good. And that's the reason why you throw at people. And I said, there's three guys on this team you don't want to mess with because all three of us will go in the office and tell them to get you out of here and you'll be gone. So I said, Jim Palmer, Eddie Murray, and me. So uh, <laughs> one night he's pitching and Greg Luzinski hit a moonshot off him. And he comes back to the dugout and he's right next to Weaver. And he says, next time that fat boy comes up, I'm going to hit him right in the head. And Earl got in his face, and he said, this is exactly what Earl said. He says, we don't do that here. He says, if you tick those other guys off and somebody hits Eddie Murray and hurts them, we're all fucked. That's what. That's, what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Earl said. And, uh, you know, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. They hit Eddie, yeah. and I know what. We're done. Yeah. 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 So... Two days later, he was gone. Earl got rid of him. Wow. Yeah, Earl don't mess around, man. That's... Do you have to think about that? Like, hey, if I go out and I try and hit someone, then they're going to go I, after my guys. I'm never uh, – I'm always reactive with that. Gotcha. I, I never start that. Got you. you I'll finish protect- it, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, you and protect your guys. I'll let you fucking know, too. I'll never start that. Hitters yeah, appreciate never. it. When he the never. pitchers have your back. Yeah. But you, the whole thing now is – it used to be they gave each shot, each side one shot. And that was it. And it was over. Mm-hmm. And each side, we'll, we'll play ball from this point on. But now, you know, the umpires get involved and give warnings out. And, and it all drags on yeah, to the next drags, series. Oh, the next nobody series, gets somebody's going to get it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it drags on too yeah. much now. How about your favorite brawl? Oh, my favorite brawl was watching Sato beat up uh, that dude from the um, 
from the Blue Jays? Yeah, oh, in 09. Yeah. Oh, yeah, who uh, was the, that? Behind the plate right here, we got into a big big brawl with Toronto, and that was fun. That was, I mean, <laughs> but it was scary because I was just screaming at Posada, like, just stop. Like, I was trying to get him off. I think it was Jesse Carlson. The, the, yeah, the that sounds pitcher. right. That um, sounds right, yeah. But I, I was just screaming at Sato, like, just please stop. Like, I was just trying to get him off him. But that was a good one. And last year with Detroit was fun. Yeah, and we were in the booth together Boston. for the Detroit one. Yeah. Boston this year, when you came out of oh, the Oh, yeah, Boston, house? yeah. Yeah, I mean the whole pile started moving <laughs> when, when you and Stanton and Judge got in there. It, it said, "Man, the Giants could use these guys' offensive line. They move people." But <laughs> but the the Detroit one, um, it just let me know like what kind of because you don't know what kind of guys you have, uh-huh. you know, and, until something like that happens. Like we we have been playing pretty good, you know, and moving along, young team and all that stuff, and then we get into that brawl. And you don't know how guys are going to react. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talks a good game and all that stuff. But to watch that those young guys pounce on the Tigers like that, I was like, we got it. We got some dogs here, though. <laughs> they got me fired up. I love that. Um, all right. So the next question uh, is for both of you. Uh, it's from Sheffield Season at Die Hard MA. It says, is there anything different about pitching playing at Fenway versus other road parks? Um, no. I mean, I mean, they got the monster out there, so you you know you you try not to let them get that ball off of there. But no, I mean it's it's the same. It's the same. I mean the facilities ain't as nice as anywhere else, but no. I mean it's the same park. Yeah, you know, you, you, it's a historical ballpark. Mm-hmm. You know, Babe Ruth and all those guys played there. Mm. But the thing is that. I always felt like I was going to hit, even even if I wasn't hitting well. You I feel think, like you can I, get, because yeah, you feel like you just touch oh, that wall, yeah, exactly. right? You have to. You have to feel like it's so close. And you knew what the right hand, the left-handed pitcher is going to do. I'm hitting right. They're keeping the ball away. They mm-hmm. want me to hit the ball. So I said, man, I'll, I'll run one up the gap in right center if they want me to. But I didn't hit many home runs there. I got my hits. I think I hit 340 or something at Fenway. But it was just, I wasn't really concentrating on the home runs. They made a mistake, I'd get one. But the fact is that it's a good hitting part. You feel like you can hit. When you step up the home plate, J.C. Dickinson asked both you guys, "What is the most memorable game you've either called, played in, or attended?" Man, mm-hmm. called, played, or attended. Well, What's I, that one game that stands out more than any other? There's, there's been a few of them. I, I can't really pick one because I, I've got several ways of approaching baseball from mm. a broadcasting career. Uh, two perfect games that I did. Those were great. Um, Dennis Martinez and uh, David Wells. Uh, playing, I had some good memories and some bad ones. Uh, I remember losing on the last day of the season and not going to the playoffs. That's rough. Uh, we had no to, wild card then. Yeah. No wild card. We, had yeah. to, we were playing the team we had to beat. We had to play Milwaukee. We were three games behind with four to go. And we were playing them. Doubleheader Friday, we won. Saturday, we won again. We're tied. Last day of the season, we lost on Sunday. Wow. And Jim Palmer was pitching. I'm still ticked at him for that. <laughs> <laughs> and weren't you robbed of a home run that yeah, game? Yeah, I was, but it wouldn't have made any difference. We lost like 10 to 3 or something. Got you, so, got you. But uh, I'm just saying, before the game, he, he walked up to me. This is, this is going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah. And he says to me, see, he says, realistically, what are our chances of winning today? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I, I thought, man, he's not ready. Yeah. So I said, his nickname was Cakes. Yeah, because he had pancakes every day that he pitched. I said, Cakes, look. I said, man, all you got to do is make sure we score first. They'll fold like a tent, man. We've beaten them three in a row. We hammered them last night. 
And Robin Yount hit a home run the first inning, and he hit one in the third inning, too. And they were on their way. Oh, oh man. man. That is bad. We though. went home. But oh. the next year, they made it tough. We won the World Series the next year. So, so that, that's always like uh-huh. a, uh, you know, you feel that, that defeat, but then you get the you The get next the, year, we yeah. had more injuries the next year, but we weren't being stopped the next year. That's like the motivation. For sure. The, the, yeah. the, what carries over. It's a bad memory, that one. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, C? I think just Milwaukee, that, that last game in Milwaukee against uh, Chicago was probably one of the – I mean, it wasn't a playoff game or anything like that, but it was just such a big game for – that organization, myself, and you know everybody that was you know uh, you know associated associated with it. So, just pitching that game, doing a complete game, and getting us to the playoffs was huge. That was Wait, awesome. Did you pitch the game that got you to the playoffs? Yeah, I pitched the last game of the season. Oh, yeah. so you guys By the needed way, to see, win that game. You were a major. You've been always been a horse, but you were a major horse that year. That I was mean, fun, pitching man. Pitching on three days yeah, rest. Yeah, that was this, fun. This is oh. going back to little league and stuff. Like that. <laughs> and would you pitch four straight starts on three, three days rest? Three or four straight starts on three days rest, but that that wasn't that was the easy part. I was 28 years old, man. I'm going out there. I'm ready to go. It was just like the mental getting ready for the game. Uh-huh. Those that that quick uh-huh. just tired me out. But as far as like getting out there, I was having. Did you have I was to change your routine? No. no, I mean as far as uh, playing catch, I, I played catch the first day i didn't and then i would throw like a flat ground and pitch and uh and just go and i remember the conversation was like wow this guy's gonna be a free agent he likely won't even be a part of this team next year look at the way he's pouring his heart and soul into it and i'm wondering were your agent saying like he was was pissed yeah but but they everybody was was thinking about the negative of like if i got hurt or if uh what happened if you know i didn't pitch well and i just kept thinking like, I'm going to pitch good. Like, this uh-huh. is going to turn out good. Like, yeah. at the end of it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so much ri- it was so much risk in it, but I just felt like, I, got, I mean, I'm, I'm ready. Like, you I can do this. You probably don't have to pay for a meal in Milwaukee ever again. <laughs> <laughs> after that. You, you know, know what? They I can't wait to go back, man. The, they probably will love you there forever yeah. after I that, I can't man. wait to go back and just get with my teammates and that group of guys. If they have a ever have a reunion, yeah. man, that's going to be fun. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Well, that was – that was 08, right? Yeah. So yeah. this would have been the 10, ten years. years. Yeah. Did they do anything? I don't think so. This year? No, I don't think so. Maybe they will at some point. Yeah. I thought this was an interesting question um, from Brian Stever, or maybe it's Stever. Who knows? I haven't talked to Brian. <laughs> 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 he says, he, this question's for you, Cece, and, and it's probably something that would create interesting broadcast fodder for me and Ken. He says, with the change of style of pitcher you are now, does the arm feel any different? the day after a start now versus when you threw nothing but smoke? Or is 100 pitches 100 pitches and the soreness just the same? Yeah, 100 pitches 100 pitches. My arm is, uh, like, it never is sore. I never had any, like, arm trouble or anything like that. It's always, like, my lower half, my legs and stuff like that. But my arm always felt the same. So, that's, I mean, I think that's the reason why I'm able to still pitch with a little bit of velocity just because I can bounce back, you know what I mean? So you think it was your delivery over the years? I think so. You've I always think thrown so. this way. I've always thrown that way. I've always thrown uh-huh. the same. But, I mean, nobody ever taught me to, if you throw like this, you won't get hurt. You know what I mean? It's just the way I threw. It's just the way I, I throw. So, uh-huh. um, it's now, just, I talked just to you the things. other day. You had mentioned that when you got drafted, you didn't know whether you are going to be a pitcher or a first no, baseman. No, I didn't. I had no idea. And, <laughs> and, and the Indians, like Carl Willis, to their credit, I mean, I didn't know how to throw a two-seamer or a four-seamer. I didn't have a delivery. I didn't, you know, he, he got me from scratch. Uh-huh. So I learned everything, you know, from the Indians and, and like, in the big leagues, throwing my change up and all that stuff. Wow. So it was, it was a process, man. See, that's such an interesting uh, perspective to me because a lot of times now I feel like we are able to consume – 
reports and information about pitchers so early in their development that you forget uh-huh. it's development. It's still yes. development. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're not a finished product yet. And I think I think it's a little harder in the minor leagues now just because it is a lot of attention. And it's, I mean, it's hard when you're young and you're playing oh. in those lower levels, man, and you make some mistakes and That's right. you don't know what's going <laughs> on. So, I mean, and you get those reports now for those young kids, and, and you, oh, you know, we're off this guy. He had a bad couple of weeks. But, I mean, the kid's 19, 20 years old. He's trying to figure it out. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's rough uh, being on those lower levels now with all the exposure, I, I feel like. I, I remember going to my first uh, spring training camp in the minor leagues. I'm 19 years old. Uh, we started playing a couple of days into camp. We started playing inter-squad games. And he had a home run off this kid, right? So we had an older coach, Clyde McCullough. Um, and he puts his arm around me as, I'm, as we're walking off and the day's over with. He says, kid, he says, man, you, you look like you got some talent. He says, in three years, you'll be in the big leagues. And I'm thinking to myself, three years? I'm thinking three weeks. Three Didn't, you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see I'm that already home right now? <laughs> you know what? It was three years and two months I was in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. So he was right. But, <laughs> yeah. but, like, even, like, in the minor leagues, I look back at my numbers sometimes. Like, they were decent, but I felt like I was bad in the minor leagues. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know how they were moving me up. I don't know what they saw to get me to the next level. You know what I mean? Like, I would be pitching and I'll be struggling. I have a couple good starts and I have a good start and it would send me to the next level. Uh-huh. Like, they were, like, pushing me through. You know wow. what I'm saying? So they saw it, obviously. I, they the saw it, but it, it was uh, gas. I, I That's mean, what they saw. Yeah, they just saw me throwing hard. Yeah. So they were like, we got to get this dude closer and closer. Yeah. Whether it's in the bullpen starter, we don't know, but uh, no, nah, it was good. I mean, they, they did a good job of helping me develop for sure. This segues beautifully to this question from Blaze4551, uh-huh. who he says, For you, CeCe, you've had a lot of different pitching coaches throughout your career. From rookie year now with the Yankees, who is the coach who is most influential? Who has been most influential in the way you've grown as a pitcher? And Ken, who is the hitting coach or coach yeah. that was most influential in the way you grew as a hitter? Um, uh, Carl Willis. Um, still, you know, I can still see him, and he'll say, you know, say one couple things to me and 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 get me right. Larry's been huge for me too. Mm. You know, I've had Larry now for I think eight years, and uh, we have a great relationship and. You know, just talking through things and, and, uh, and, and you know, especially with this style that I'm pitching now, um, you know, he's a big help for me. So, you know, with this cutter, learning the cutter, he was a big part of that, him and Andy. So um, I think those two guys, I mean, Carl Willis, especially early from my early development, like I would not be in the big leagues if, if I never met that man. So um, I'm grateful for him every day. And, and then, you know, later in my career, Mike Maddox was huge for me in Milwaukee, teaching me my two-seamer and giving me the confidence to throw that. So Even in that short period of in time? In that short period of time, he mm-hmm. got with me my second bullpen. He was like, we need something to get you ground balls and get these guys swinging early in the count. So through the two-seamer in the, in the bullpen, I was like, damn, that's kind of nice. <laughs> Took it into the game. The first time I threw it, Ty Wiggins to hit that shit off the scoreboard. Yeah. I was like, damn. It looked a lot better in the bullpen. <laughs> but, Location. I mean, yeah. those, those three guys, I think, have, have been huge in, the, in, the eight, in my 18 years. Uh, I, I would have to say, without a doubt, it was Larry Doby. When uh, oh, I was wow. With, wow. I think I mentioned that on the, the first No, you I never did. I don't no. think okay. so, yeah. No. All right, well. I was with the Mets. I was there a year and a half. I, I came through an organization, but I got traded to Montreal. And Larry Doby was the hitting coach. And um, he, he got to me early. You know, he could see that, that some potential there. And before every game, we'd go out and hit. We'd hit, hit in the cage. And uh, he told, taught me what type of hitter I was. And everybody wants to be a big home run hitter. But he says, look, 
you got the ability to hit home, 20 home runs. He said 20 home runs in those days was big. You hit 20 home runs, it's good. But he says you also have the ability to hit 300. And he says, but if you rely on one or the other too much, the other one's going to suffer. Mm. So he says you've got to be the type of hitter that hits 20 home runs and hits around 300 and gets on base a lot. So my second year pressure Mont- right there. Yeah, well, my second year, <laughs> second year in Montreal, I hit 302, uh, hit 23 home runs. Uh, drove in 100 runs, scored 100, led the league in on-base percentage. So he kind of showed me, and that was basically the type of player I was from that point on. So um, this is before on-base percentage was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I led the league in on-base, and it wasn't even a negotiating point. They, yeah, they didn't even talk about it. Nobody cared about that. Yeah, you, you know, and I, I, the other day, I, I went to baseball reference and looked at my career, and I went back to the minor leagues. My first year in Florida State League, led the league in on-base percentage. The next year, I went to the California League, led the league in on-base percentage. Wow. Third year, I was in the Texas League, led the league in on-base percentage. Oh, my goodness. The next year in the International League, I'm moving up the ladder now, I led the league in on-base percentage. And in the National League, I led the National League one year. And in the American League, I finished second about three times. So, wow. So the whole thing, but by the end, it's starting to get to be negotiating yeah no I'm, yeah yeah this is i'm on base for eddie murray that's what you told me to do right yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah so you know look, that must be worth something were you aware of milestones when you played ken if you were approaching like oh my 100th home run 200th home run uh, things like that no i think my teammates were more aware of it than i was um uh i can remember one year i usually was a slow starter and you know in cold weather i didn't like playing when it was cold mm-hmm. even though i grew up in new york but one year i got off really well it was it was 1981 and we're coming to the last day of April. And uh, I went one for four, hit a home run. First time up, I hit a homer. So that was my seventh home run in April. And the writers after the game, they tell me, you know, if you went two for three, you would have hit 500 for the month. And I, I said, what? Why didn't somebody tell me this before the game? You know, I could have mixed in a walk, you know. And, you know, I'd already had a hit my first time up. And so I ended up hitting 472 in April. Wow. But the thing is, they told me the last guy to do that was Hank Aaron. Oh, man. Get on the same page with Hank Aaron. Well, that would have been great to so it didn't happen. How about, see, you, you're you getting close to 3,000 strikeouts, man. Yeah, we were talking about that last night. We were. Yeah. And, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, and I know you usually don't seem affected by milestones at all, but it, it, it seemed to me, maybe I'm wrong, that that one is one that will mean yeah, a I mean, decent amount it, it will, but I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware of it just because everybody else is aware of it, yeah. you know, and, and it's getting close. But, um, no, I never really, like, I, I never thought about numbers or, or milestones or, or wins or playing for things like that. I just go out and play, man, and, uh-huh. and at the end it is what it is. I always told, like, I just want to stay healthy, make all my starts, and, and at the end the numbers will be the numbers. And, you know, that's that's basically what it's been my whole career. So it's just for me staying healthy, and then at the end I'll look back and say, oh, that was cool, this is cool, you know what I mean? But now while you're in it, you just keep going. Yeah, I always felt if the team was winning and you stayed healthy – Everything's going to take care of itself. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to benefit here. The way you were throwing last night, strike it was twelve strikeouts. Yeah, last? yeah. twelve. We, we were joking. That maybe he's going to get the three thousand tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. We can add it in the scouting report. Yeah, your approach to three thousand, yeah. and, and so you know. You See, but that's good. why I'm aware of it. Like Stevie yeah. gets this sheet, and he's got all these these milestones and then like I walk in the training room I see that before the game I'm like fuck I don't want to see that you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. like, get me, don't get me out of my zone God. how good did you guys feel for Sonny last night oh that was awesome man just to watch him go out and pitch well especially after what 
you know, has happened, you know, him going to the bullpen and all that stuff that happened, uh, you know, last week and him coming out and winning us the game. He won us the game. And, and I think everybody in there uh, to a man it was excited for him and, and pulling for him and, and uh, you know, just excited that he did well. It was nice to see. And yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I, I didn't mention this on the air last night, and I, I certainly don't want to, you know, say that this is going to be his future because he wants to be a starting pitcher, mm-hmm. and he's had success starting. It's just a matter of he's, he's gone through a rough patch, and eventually maybe get a spot start, do the job, and, he, and he's back in. But I always felt that I've seen pitchers over the years, and, I, you know, I've been in the big leagues 50 years now. This, mm-hmm. wow. and next year will be my 50th year in the That's league. incredible. So – I've seen pitchers who started as starters, but they became really good relievers. And I think a lot of it is they pitch better when they didn't know when they were going to pitch. Mm-hmm. You, you understand oh. what I mean? Instead, mm-hmm. instead of getting all geared up for this one start and getting all nervous about it, you know, just different personalities. And it's just all of a sudden, I've seen guys I played with, they were better out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that's true. I it feel. is true. Yeah. That, that's there. Yeah. Like, right, if you don't know, okay, am I pitching today or not? Right, oh. you, I just got to go perform. Well, call my go name. You don't, have to, you don't have to think about yeah. it for three or four days. You know, you get to call the bullpen. Hey, get up. It's your turn. Let's go. And then, you when, when, you're, when you're in a rut as a starter, I mean, that, that was three or four days are rough. Uh-huh. And then you try yeah. to get geared up for that one game, uh-huh. and then you got three or four days after. You know yeah. what I mean? So when you're in a rut like that, the starting can get can get rough, can get hard because you just you sit and you're thinking about it the whole uh-huh. time. Yeah, when you're facing a pitcher, you know you're going to have problems with. Well, you're going to face somebody else tomorrow. So that you know, Nolan Ryan strike you out three times. Well, he's not pitching tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we yeah. get somebody else. I can get somebody else. You tomorrow. give up six, seven runs. You got to wait four days. Yeah. Right? Do you know you, what I mean? Is it any easier later in your career, see, or knowing how to deal with it? Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to suck, yeah. man. It don't matter. <laughs> Put it on it a T-shirt. It don't matter, it's man. It's hard to suck. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Ken, this has been another, I mean, outstanding hour, man. Nope. We've been here an hour. We've really, been here it doesn't feel like it's been fifteen See, minutes. Oh, yeah, we, we, we have. We, we, we've been here. We've been here an hour. I, I, I uh, I'm getting my 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 text message from Sadie Zillow, our coordinating uh, producer of Mar Two C Two, because you know we have certain times we have to be off the air to allow John and Susan back to the equipment here in the booth, uh-huh. and <laughs> she's like three twenty eight p.m. Dot 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 dot. All good. And I'm like, uh, it's time flies with say you, hello man. Say hello to uh, Sadie for me. I will. Right. I will. And 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 Ken, thank you for doing this uh, again. Man, My pleasure, guys. My Thank pleasure. You. you know there's going to be a volume three at some point. For well, sure. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe next year. I was about to say, it's got to be next year. <laughs> there it is. There, there it we is. can do it in London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two guys where retirement was a question, both back for London next year. I like it. And for everyone listening, make sure you rate. Review, subscribe. That it makes ha- CC very happy when you rate us five stars. Five stars. Yeah, you you guys are great. That's you it. guys are great. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Is there such a thing as six stars? <laughs> Ruko would tell him he's ready. <laughs> I will. I'll take as many stars as I can get. Man. You know what's funny? Just one last thing. Like people, if they if they tweet me nice things about like the broadcast or something, I like it. it I like it on Twitter just to say uh-huh. that's my acknowledgement just to say like thank you you know like uh, appreciate it but I had <laughs> just I, remember this you can't please everybody no yeah. no no and, and I don't pay you know I don't uh-huh. I don't pay it because you're always gonna have people like you suck I'm like thanks yeah. <laughs> so but one of my one of my colleagues was like you know um when you like a tweet like people see that it's like 
you start liking 25, 30 tweets in a row that are compliments of you, it starts to look a little narcissistic. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I'm just saying thank you, man. I'm just saying thank you. But uh, we'll take as many stars and compliments as we can get. So For sure. Thank you, Ken. My pleasure, guys. And everybody continue to listen, subscribe, rate, review every Thursday. It's a new episode of R2C2, and we will keep the contest open for another week. So follow us on Twitter as we'll be tweeting that out this week. We out, see? We out. Oh, we're good one.